MAPE is a trusted partner to wood floor installation professionals everywhere. For over 30 years, we've provided quality products for moisture mitigation, subfloor preparation, adhesives, and finishing. No matter the size, venue, species of wood, or project complexity, MAPE is sure to be there with industry-leading product and technical support. A proud sponsor of the NWFA, visit us at www.mape.com. Welcome to another episode of Wood Talks, an NWFA podcast. My name is Brett Miller with the NWFA. Today I've got a, a special, two special guests. We're going to be hosting a webinar on Thursday, August 26th that we wanted to make sure we could talk a little bit about. And, and this webinar is on a discussion item that has been near and dear to the wood flooring industry's heart for many years. The topic of the webinar that we're going to be hosting on Thursday, August 26th is called Humidity, Hardwood, and Homes. Protect the air you breathe and the floor under your feet. My two guests are Matt Hoots, who's the president of Sawhorse Inc. out of Atlanta, Georgia, and Joseph Hillenmeyer, channel marketing manager for April Air, a division of the Research Products Corporation. I'd like to welcome both of you guys, and if you could introduce yourselves and give a little bit of uh, a story of who you are and, and what your roles are, and, and then we'll just dive into a little bit about what this webinar is going to be about. Matt, Joseph, welcome, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Brett. This is Joseph. I've been with April Air for seven years. Uh, I've got to focus on indoor air quality and how we can help builders sort of leverage the uh, products that are out there that consumers are looking for in their home to to increase indoor air quality, and that means managing humidity, too much, too little, air purification, as, as well as home ventilation. In addition to work with the home building industry, April Air in the past has also uh, and still is involved uh, with the NWFA and working with wood floor contractors on how they can understand the impact of, of humidity in the home and wood floors and the solutions that you know they can offer their uh, potential customers to make sure that they keep that humidity in, in the zone that it needs to be. I'm excited to be on the call today. Thanks, Joseph. Um, Matt, can you introduce yourself also? I'm Matt Hoots with Sawhorse. We're a residential design build firm here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I've been in the green building world for over 20 years now, uh, focusing on healthier homes that are more energy efficient, comfortable, um, which typically makes a happier client. Um, I also create content for several several other platforms, including uh, Rated Green, which, which focuses on you know best building practices and also just introducing uh, new concepts and some old concepts to the market so people can understand green building better. That's perfect. And I think you know this is the thing that our industry deals with from the flooring side and why I'm so excited to have this discussion with you guys and, and ultimately our, our talk through the webinar. Wood flooring industry professionals, I think we understand pretty well the effects that humidity have on wood floors. We know that with too much humidity, too much moisture, wood floors cup and and can buckle and can cause health in- issues within the home. And in dry conditions, wood floors gap and we get noisy floors and we get gaps in between floors. So there's a lot of issues that we're very aware of. What I love about this discussion and having both of you on um, is the fact that we know what we know on the wood floor side, but there's so much more to the picture. Homeowners take a look at their wood floors and I I often tell people, you know, wood floor is just a barometer of what's happening in the home or underneath that floor. It's not the cause of the issue typically. Um, And with today's homes getting built tighter and tighter, 
and energy efficiency becoming more and more important to the consumer, having both of you on is is very critical. So I, I, I appreciated you reaching out and, and looking at and including the NWFA and including me in these discussions. Um, Matt, can you talk a little bit about being on the on that side of the industry, on the building side, and really understanding the structure of the home and today's tighter building envelopes? Can you talk a little bit about the effects and the importance and, and some of the changes that you're seeing on that side of the industry? Yeah, so there's, there's really two, two different types of construction that we deal with. We deal with new homes or so high-performance homes. Uh, we also deal with existing homes, um, both of them in a very hot, humid climate. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, which is also known as Hotlanta. Uh, very, it's very humid outside right now. So, you know, with respect to remodeling, uh, I think there's been a lot more um, emphasis on dealing with an existing house and how can you make the building envelope tighter, um, mainly because there's, you know, and this is one of the, the focuses of the presentation is like, there's so many different ways for humidity to get inside the house. Um, and that's really what we want to focus on first. And then obviously once humidity gets inside the house, how do you deal with it at that point with the uh, supplemental dehumidifiers and whatnot? So like one of my first experiences with, um, you know, hardwoods with respect to an older house, um, you know, we, we put hardwoods in this, this new addition, we did everything by the book and all of a sudden they started to warp the, the, uh, the, uh, humidity levels, uh, the relative humidity within the air was fine. Um, and what we found out, there is like a, a, a vent in the crawl space and it just, you know, the, uh, apparently there's like a lot of moisture getting into the crawl space, wasn't sealed off properly. And again, that was a, that was at that point, this is over 20 years ago, that was the code. I mean, you, you uh, and, I, and I believe you can still have those kind of crawl spaces today. And, you know, that affected the new hardwoods, but didn't necessarily affect the rest of the hardwoods in the house. So that was, you know, wake up call for me. Um, and then at that point on, if we we're ever installing hardwoods over um, an unconditioned area, we made sure that that humidity was dealt with properly in the adjoining areas, because otherwise we knew there was going to be a failure. With respect to um, new construction, you know, the 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 mantra is build tight, ventilate right, um, and 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 the goal is to make sure that you can actually control the air that's coming in and out of the, out of the house. Um, a lot of this is due to increased levels of insulation uh, because we want to have a higher energy standard, energy costs start going up and you know there are environmental consequences as well for that. Um, but with that, you know, here in Atlanta, uh, again, the, the goal is to create a nice uh, tight building envelope, which is where your thermal barrier meets your air barrier. A lot of times that air, what it's going to do is bring in a lot of humidity from the outside if you don't control that air barrier. So the goal is to have that tight building envelope and then understanding that moisture is going to come in from the outside into the house because you can't make it 100% tight. Plus, you're generating moisture inside the houses. So, uh, for instance, uh, we're working on a passive house right now, um, and this is one of the ones we're going to be looking at in the presentation. This 1920s house, super leaky. Um, we're making it super airtight after we're done with it, but it's going to be so tight that we can't even install a jacuzzi tub without adding humidity to the air. So there's, there's certain things that, um, in a leakier house you can get away with, but the tighter you make the house, you have to take care of that humidity, uh, with either exhaust ventilation. So if there's a moisture bloom in the bathroom, you can exhaust it out or supplemental dehumidification 
to help dry the house out during the shoulder seasons. And those are the seasons where you don't necessarily have cooling uh, cooling load on the house, but you still have higher levels of humidity and you need to, need to condition that air. So that's those are some of the trends that I'm seeing. So the tighter the house is, you definitely need to look at humidity because it, it affects not only comfort, health, but also affects the finishes inside the house. So how important is it as the builder and the designer of these tight homes, these these tighter homes, to really understand the finishes that are going in and understand how to build that home? I mean, you just nailed quite a few topics that are so important, but that seem to be so often overlooked by whether it's project superintendents or even homeowners. How important is it to really understand the the finishes that are in the home and the requirements to maintain an environment for those finishes? Yeah, that's a great question because usually when there's a problem, everyone starts pointing fingers. Um, but somebody needs to step up and be, you know, put on the big boy pants and say, hey, I'm in charge here. And I, and I believe it's the general contractor um, along with the architect, you know, partnering and, and also the mechanical designer. Um, but someone needs to say this house is designed as a system. So you can do a bunch of plug-in. Like, like for instance, if you have a very leaky house, and you're you're doing a plug-in dehumidifier that's going to maybe do, you know, less than 100 pints a day or maybe 15 pints a day. That's not that's not home performance. Home performance is understanding how all these systems work together, starting from the outside in, and then understanding how the finishes interact with that. Typically, if you maintain a a balanced environment as far as temperature and humidity inside the house, the finishes will take care of themselves. Um, on the outside of the house, and this is where I think a lot more people are becoming more aware of how um, water moves through the wall because water does need to move through the wall or be able to move from from a high pressure to a low pressure or high humidity to a low humidity through the assemblies, but very slow. That's and that's called diffusion. Uh, a lot of times these 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 houses are built so tight and the siding's put on the house, but the siding's not allowed to dry out, and basically you're trapping moisture inside those walls. So I think you know starting from the outside. Um, to the end, having your different control layers where you can control the rate of diffusion, the rate of air infiltration. So by the time it comes into the house, if you do a good job on the outside of the house, the inside of the house is, is I would say, at least 80% there. Then from there, all you have to do is add some um, artificial controls like uh, air conditioning, uh, heating and cooling, and dehumidification, then you're then you're pretty much all set. But I, as as a general contractor, Whoever's working on the house needs to have a high level of understanding how these systems work. And unfortunately, um, that's that's not necessarily the case because they usually defer to the subcontractors to try to understand that. But the subcontractors are only or the or trade partners are only going to focus on their, their particular area. For instance, the hardwood flooring guy, he has no control over the humidity. He has no control over the way we built the house and he has no control over the air infiltration rates. Uh, we can tell them to look for those things, but ultimately, it's the general contractor's responsibility through testing to understand how the house is performing. Well, I think that's really important. And I think that's a good segue into um, our other guests, Joseph Hillenmeyer with April Air, to talk a little bit about the importance of humidification and dehumidification in these spaces. Matt, you're in a, a hot, humid climate down in Atlanta. I'm from an arid climate in, in, in Denver, Colorado, where dry conditions were more of a concern. The high arid desert climates were more of a concern. So there's obviously two different aspects to humidification control. Joseph, can you talk a little bit about how important that is and how feasible and realistic it is in 
whether it be new construction or even more important, as as Matt was just talking about, um, through some of these residential remodels that we're, we're coming up across? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I also, I represent another region here between the three of us. I'm in kind of the northern Midwest and we're lucky uh, in that we get both extremes. We get during the winter when we're, when we're heating our air, we can get very dry air inside. And during the summer, we can get very, uh, very high humidity levels. And we can even see some of those during shoulder seasons, although that's a bigger problem in the south. And for our listeners, a shoulder season is when you're getting milder temperatures. You're maybe not running your air conditioner, but you're still seeing high levels of humidity. And that that, uh, becomes a problem, as Matt was talking about, that that moisture will make its way into the home, whether it's through ventilation or uh, just some other avenue that it finds through the building envelope. So we need to be aware of that. You know, one thing I wanted to touch on, as you said, you know, that the wood floor is a, a good barometer of what's happening in your home and not the cause of it. Uh, that's that's 100% true. Um, as we've discussed before, it's also an expensive barometer. Uh, a better barometer, honestly, is just the way that you feel. Um, humidity has such an impact on our health and comfort that you can really sense it just, uh, you know, is, is your nose dry? Uh, are you... Do you have kind of a scratchy, itchy throat in the winter? If you're not actually sick, that could just be a sign that the air quality in the home is poor and that, that your air is too dry. So you might be seeing that cracking in the floor. Just like your floor is getting too dry, that moisture is getting pulled out of it because that air is parched. It wants to drink. It drinks from anything around it that has moisture in it. That's wood. It also includes our nasal passages, any part of our body, our, our skin. So really, you, you can feel when these conditions are poor in the home. Likewise, on the other spectrum, you'll also definitely notice it um, in, in, in a climate where you have too much humidity. Uh, again, everybody's heard it's, you know, it's not the heat, it's the humidity. And that's very much true when it comes to comfort. Um, you know, you can, if you've ever, when you live up where I do and, and you run the air conditioner the way that we do it, it and, and you're managing maybe humidity a little bit more, and then you go down to a southern region where it's extremely uh, humid, and they're maybe managing that humidity by air conditioning. It feels very, very cold when you walk into a building, right? You have that extreme sense of how much the temperature has changed, sometimes to a point that it's almost uh, uncomfortable. And that's the impact of humidity and temperature and the way that they work with each other. So when humidity is in the correct level, you'll find yourself comfortable at more reasonable temperatures, uh, particularly in, in, in a humid climate. You know, that 72, 74, that might be really uncomfortable if you've got 80 or 90% humidity is actually a fairly comfortable temperature if you're down in that range that you need to be in, which is between about 35% and 50. And, you know, the important thing about that range is that it, it's true year round. It, it, that's, that's where we need to be all the time. And where our products come into play here is how do you manage to that year round? How do you manage to that in every single room in the house and manage to it regardless of what's going on outside and whether you're heating or air conditioning? And the answer is you do it by having whole home solutions for both humidification and dehumidification. Which products you choose, that's something that we'll, you know, we're going to get into in this webinar. Sometimes you might need both of them. Sometimes you might need one of them. And there's other application differences beyond that. That's why it's important to have a, a contractor that understands what solutions are best for that type of home. And as Matt talked to, you know, that's where it's so important to have the architect, the builder, and, and the mechanical contractor working together so that they understand exactly what solutions are going to be the best fit for that building envelope. But a whole house humidifier is, is going to help you in, in the winter when you're heating or potentially also, uh, Brett, in, in an arid climate where you've just got that dry air year-round. And that will add humidity to the air either from steam or, or an evaporative model where we're bringing, we're adding moisture to that dry air in order to bring that 
indoor relative humidity up and we're doing it without necessarily impacting temperature, which is the goal. So we're manipulating it outside of temperature. So if you're just trying to control humidification or dehumidification by changing temperature, you don't have the control over it that you do if you've got these dedicated products that work on it. On the other end of it, uh, we'll also utilize a dehumidifier so that we can lower that indoor relative humidity, regardless of whether or not we're air conditioning or that we can supplement what that air conditioner is doing uh, on the dehumidification side. Air conditioners do provide some dehumidification, but not, not to the extent that a dehumidifier does. And as Matt mentioned, you know, you might be used to having some of those small portable units that you sometimes see in basements, particularly up here in the Midwest, or you might see them in a garage and in other areas if someone's got some tools in there that they want to protect. But those, along with tabletop humidifiers, they're really spot control solutions. So, you know, if you've got an issue in a particular room, um, you know, those, those solutions might help there. But when you've got a house that has wood floors throughout, you know, the, the entire home uh, or even just a very large space, whole home control is really going to be the way that you're going to want to go. It's also going to be easier to manage uh, through your thermostat or some type of other uh, indoor hygrometer. You'll be able to constantly see what that humidity is. And with whole house solutions, you can generally uh, set where you want that to be, right? So I want my humidity to be at 40% in the winter and the summer. The mechanical systems that you have in the home can be programmed to maintain that level independently. You don't need to, you don't need to do anything on a daily basis. Whole home solutions also on the humidifier side, you don't need to add water to them. And on the dehumidifier side, you don't need to empty a bucket uh, that fills with water. So a lot of advantages there. You know, if you've made the, the investment in uh, a nice uh, wood floor, you're, you're going to want to protect it. And the great thing about this is that range that I talked about, that 35 to around 50%, that's, that's good for human health and human comfort where we feel the most comfortable and we have the most minimal amount of, of, of health impact as well, like asthma and allergy. And we'll get, we'll, we'll get in on the webinar to sort of why these things aggravate those health conditions and what those health conditions are. Uh, but for the audience we have here, you know, the best part is managing those conditions is also the same range that we need to keep humidity levels in for the wood floor. So if you have a wood floor or you did not have a wood floor, Either way, you're going to want to maintain that same level. So it's real easy. What, what we want to do for health and human comfort, we also want to do for the floor of our home. And that, as you said, you know, your guys are well aware of the impact that moisture has on the home. So I'll, I'll turn it back over to you to talk a little bit more about um, how important it is to maintain that 35 to 50 percent. Yeah, thank you. And that was a perfect description about how important it is to maintain. And I'm only guessing that as a homeowner who, you know, we're right now at the in the peak of the summer here in St. Louis, and air conditioning, you know, our, our monthly bill to run our air conditioner is ridiculous because it's running all the time. I could only imagine running a dehumidifier along with the air conditioning, like you said, shortening the, the the amount of time that air conditioner has to run is probably a little more cost effective. Also, same in the winter time when you've got humidifier running as opposed to, you know, the the, the hot air that the, the, the furnace is kicking out. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, you're, you're adjusting the whole climate instead of just one attribute of it. So managing that latent and sensible load with the correct uh, product is what we'll get into in the webinar. And I, I really think it'll help uh, our listeners understand, uh, you know, why these specific products exist and, and why they're, uh, you know, not really just a supplemental, but really a needed aspect of, of controlling the comfort and health in the home. Oh, thank you. And yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned 35 to 50% um, relative humidity is is the optimal 
zone you should be in. You know, within our guidelines, we go, um, you know, at one point we were at 30, 35, and we've dropped it down to 30, only acknowledging that the the dry desert climates, 35% oftentimes feels pretty humid and and unachievable in some parts of the, some parts of the country. Uh, but it's still that range. And, you know, I've seen it as high as 30 to 60 and, you know, different ranges and different industries, but it's all in that range. And I think that's so important that our industry, the wood flooring industry really understands this isn't just a rule that's been put in place for wood flooring people to stand behind and hide in between when there's a failure. This is, um, much larger than just how wood reacts to those environments and, and why we place the, those values um, within our guidelines and, and really what our flooring manufacturers mill their products to perform in, in those same conditions. So again, we will be getting a little bit more into all of this on this webinar. If both of you could just talk a little bit about what, um, what we can, what we're going to be talking about and what this webinar, you know, what the, the, the attendees of this webinar can expect to really gain out of it. From the April Air side of things, you know, we'd like to give you an understanding again of the products that are available to control this. Uh, how, you know how you keep it in that zone. We'll show you some some actual products and things to take into account when you're choosing those products. Uh, things like you know the, the size of your home, the envelope, the things that you learn from that. How tight is that home? How many air changes do you have? Uh, you need to be a little, uh, not a little. You need to be very cognizant of uh, ventilation codes in your area as well. How much air are you going to be bringing into the home? Is it going to be conditioned in any way as you bring it in? We, we will cover all of those things. Uh, something else we'll cover, Brett, you know, what you just said, uh, that, you know, that, that range does move a little bit. You know, uh, as far as ASHRAE is concerned, it's really about 35 to 60 is where you're kind of in that area where you're doing the best for comfort and health. We say 35 to 50. We, we like to keep it below 50. But the impact on wood floor and the really negative things start to happen about, uh, you know, 60%. And the reason I bring that back up is, you know, there are some times where it's going to be so extreme that it is hard to, you know, maybe be right in the middle of that band there. But, you know, as long as you're not dropping really, really low on either side, you're doing what you need to do. So, you know, we'll help you understand um, basically which products you need to accomplish that. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about relative humidity and absolute humidity, which is kind of a more in-depth explanation of how temperature and humidity work together and, and why they have such an impact. And it also goes on to explain why we have these dedicated solutions as well. I think when you understand that relationship, it makes a lot of sense why uh, these products should really be included in the home. Uh, so we can't wait to dive into all that. Absolutely. Matt, can you talk a little bit more about the the the, the uh, passive homes and some of, uh, a little bit more just um, prepping the audience for what they can expect on our webinar about your perspective being a builder. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're, we're actually going to show an example. We've, we've created this virtual tour of this one house that we're working on right now. Um, April Air is part of the tour as well. Um, there, there's there's a website URL to, to get to it. It's 1920s makeover atl.info. And uh, it brings you up to a virtual tour. And, Austin, and again, we're going to, one of the things that we're going to debunk, we're going to, um, have our myth debunkers episode is that a house needs to breathe. Um, this house that we're going to show you is breathing. It's probably the most breathing house in Atlanta. Unfortunately, it was no control over the airflow. Uh, one of our friends did a, a, a blower door test on it, which is a test that pressurizes the house to see how, how, how leaky it is. 
And he said this was the leakiest house he's ever tested. And he said he's tested some historical houses. So with that, it doesn't matter what kind of HVAC system you put in, the humidification system you put in. If the house is that leaky, you have zero control over the air quality, which also, which also means you can't control the humidity, which means that your finishes are going to be affected. So going you know, from that extreme all the way to passive house, we're going to show you some of the goals that we have in place, some of the air sealing goals, some of the humidity goals, uh, the systems that we have to use to make this house uh, um, super energy efficient, but also with, with good indoor air quality, um, and, and also some of the things that you need to avoid uh, when dealing with a passive house. Uh, we'll also go over some basic uh, building science principles just showing how moisture does get into, you know, and through the building envelope into the house and ways that you can address this on your next new construction or renovation. Perfect. This is, uh, we're really looking forward to this webinar. Again, Thursday, August 26th, all of our listeners can um, keep an eye out through our newsletters and through social media. We will be posting um, where you can get on to this webinar. It's going to be hosted by April Air, and we'll be sending out a link to that. And this webinar will be free. There's no cost. So we encourage anybody and everybody to jump on. Join us August 26th, 11 o'clock Central, um, and, and we'll be sending out the links. Again, I really want to thank Matt Hoots with Sawhorse and Joseph Hillenmeyer with April Air for joining us today. And we're really looking forward to putting this webinar together and, and going through a little more in depth the discussions we had today. But even more importantly, what this means for you know our industries and and the future of working together um you know historically we've worked with April Air for quite a while we look forward to working with Matt and everything that he does um just in an effort to educate and i think that's what it's all about so i'd really like to thank both of you again for your time today and uh, for a great discussion and preparation for our um upcoming webinar thank you Brett looking forward to it yeah thanks for having us i really appreciate this this discussion Perfect. Thanks again, and we'll see you all next time.